Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Well, let's open our Bibles up to Proverbs chapter 24. And about 2 o'clock this morning, the Lord just woke me up, and uh, he said, pressure, and that's all I heard was pressure, and I'd been thinking about pressure, and he said the Lord was dropping in my heart that God's people are under pressure. And so I wanted to know what the Bible had to say when we're under pressure. Amen? Amen. So that we can stand, because pressure comes on us so that we don't stand, so that we, we fall short of what God has for us. But we are not of those that draw back. We are those that press in. So in, in Proverbs 24, it says, verse 10, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. One translation says, If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. The NASB says, If you are slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. So he's really saying if we faint when the pressure's on, if we if we begin to succumb under that pressure, then our strength is limited. That means we don't have the power that we need to press in and to go forward. So he was talking to me about pressure. And the dictionary, I love the dictionary for the word of what pressure means. It means the use of persuading influence or intimidation to make someone do something. So when you're under pressure, the job of the enemy is to get you, to influence you, to intimidate you, to back off on what God has already put in your heart. He's in that place, and he'll come to our minds. It's an it's a, a action of our minds, and it's an enemy of our minds, but he comes in to pressure you, to influence you, to tell you that God's word is not going to work that you're not going to see the victory this time, even though he has proven himself and proven himself over and over and over again in our lives. When the pressure comes and the enemy comes and he brings a force against you, it's to put you down, to weigh you down to where you begin to get into that place that you do not have that strength to go forward. And God wants us in a forward motion. Amen. He wants us to believe his word about above everything. And so he brings that force or he brings that twisted thinking to our minds to stop us from believing God. And so that's why we have the word. Because the, ro- the word of God triumphs over everything. The word of God has got to be forever settled in our hearts that no matter what, what God has declared, that's the way it is. Amen? Amen. So we we don't want to give in to the pressures, and we don't want our strength to be limited. When we're under pressure, that's when we need the strength of the Lord. When we are weak, He is strong. So as we step in to the Word of God, it strengthens us, it strengthens our faith, and it will give us a victory that will overcome. And that's the place that God wants us in. He wants us in that place of victory, not trodden down, 
not allowing the enemy to dominate who we are, what God has said, and what God is doing. Amen? So let's go to 2 Corinthians, and let's see what Paul says. You know, Paul went through a lot. Sometimes, you know, we may think we're under pressure, but I was reading in Corinthians in chapter 11, you know, just the things, I should turn there and just read that to you, that Paul went through. It'll make our life easier. It says in verse 23, are they ministers of Christ? If I speak as a fool, I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, imprisonment, in prisons more frequent. Boy, don't you want that testimony? <laughs> Glory to God. Let's have a competition. Who can be in the prison more? But that's what he's saying. More frequent in death opportunities. Anybody want that one? You want to compete in that? Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. There's another one. Anybody want to be whipped? Three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. I mean, these things do not sound like they're fun. They sound like they're pressure to me. It sounds like pressure from the enemy coming on Paul's life to get him to quit, to get him to stop, to quit believing God for his assignment, to draw back. Verse 26, in journeys often in perils or dangers of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils, I'm just thinking, look at this, of my own countrymen. That means, you know, danger with his own people. In perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watching often, in hunger and thirst, or fasting offering cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches. Now, I'm telling you, that man... He saw it all. But his testimony was, you know, he's going to be faithful to the end. That he knew he endured to the end. He endured until the victory was won. That should encourage us because I don't think any of us have been through half of that. Or probably three-fourths of it. Barely any of it. (laughs) But Paul endured. And Paul stayed the course. And that means Paul continued to believe God no matter how great the pressure was, no matter what the things that he was under, no matter what the devil said. And you know that the enemy talked to him during these things. You know there was opportunity for him to quit. You know when he was in prison, in the dungeon, in those places, that it had to be, he had to be hard-pressed. But he made a decision to believe and trust God all the way through. And that's our choice. That's that's a wise servant. That's somebody that's choosing the word of God. And, you know, all he had was the Old Testament. He hadn't written all of the New Testament at this point. And there were books not written yet. But he could go to the Old Testament and he could see how God delivered David. He could see how God delivered the men of old. He could see the very power of God in action. And he would hold on to that and he would believe that above all things. 
So I'm just telling you, whatever pressure we're under right now, God has a way out. He always makes a way of escape. He always has an answer. And all he's looking for us to do to see if we're going to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. If we're going to stand in that place and just say, God, I trust you no matter what, I trust you. No matter what the obstacles are, no, what, no matter what the scene looks like in the natural realm, my faith and my trust is in Almighty God. And that's our stand, and that as believers, that's where we have to be. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, here's Paul. Well, let's do 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That tells me something, that he wants that power flowing through us, that we don't get the credit for it, that he gets the credit for it. Amen? We are, now listen to what he says, we are troubled on every side. So I'm just telling that means there's pressure all around you. Sometimes just in daily life, there's pressure. There's pressure of finances. There's pressure of health. There's pressure of family members. There's all sorts of pressures that sometimes can look like they're on every side of us, that they're all, they're surrounding us, and sometimes it looks like, how can we win in this? But Paul says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. And I like that. We're not troubled. That really means we've been, when, when we're troubled on every side, it means it, it, it's trying to put you in a narrow place, trying to put you in that place that you're unmovable in the wrong way. It's trying to put you and narrow you in, narrow your thinking and not see that God can move in every way, in every situation that is before you. So he said, just know if you're in trouble and it's all around you and you are being surrounded by it, you don't have to get distressed over it. I like that. We are, he says, and we are perplexed, but not in despair. Perplexed means to be at loss with oneself, be in doubt. I know we've all been there where sometimes doubt has tried to come in. Not know, you don't know what to do. You don't know what the answer is. And has anybody ever been there? You really don't know what to do. It seems like things are surrounding you. It's around you. You don't know what to do. You're, out, you're without resources. You're without you know, the answers that you need. But Paul is saying, when you are perplexed, look at what he says, but not forsake, whoops but not in despair. That means don't let that despair get into your heart. Don't, don't allow all your hope to go. Keep your hope in the word of God. That's what he's saying to you. You do not be not, but not be in despair. That's what he says. So he gives an answer to everything that could come against you. If you're in trouble, he gives you an answer. If you're perplexed, he gives you the answer. Don't be in despair because you're not going to be left alone. There's going to be a victory for you. That's what he's saying. It may look hopeless, but don't be there. Don't take hold of the hopelessness. Take hold of the hope. Amen. 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 And then he says, persecuted, but not forsaken. Persecuted. Another way of just saying you're being harassed. The enemy's trying to harass you. He's trying to bring those circumstances to surround you. But he says, in that, but you're not forsaken. 
That means God is walking with you. God is with you. You're not in it alone. How many times do we think sometimes when we are surrounded by the enemy and surrounded by circumstances and situations, you know, the enemy wants us to think, well, you're all by yourself. Or he'll give you this, nobody knows the trouble you've seen. He sings that old song, and I'm not going to try to sing it. I'm just going to spare y'all. But he, he's in that place, and that's what he's trying to do. Bring that harassment, that trouble, but you go back, and God says in his word, he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. No matter what you walk through, no matter what you're going through, we've got to understand that if God is for you, who can be against you? That we're not going to be forsaken in any trouble, in anything that our mind is uh, trying to work out. And sometimes we feel guilty when we have a doubt or if we have, you know, something trying to work against our soul. But God's just sitting there saying, no, I'm right here with you. I'll walk you through that. Just look up. Just trust me. I'm going to bring you out of this. Amen. That's who God is. That's what God is saying to us. And then he said, you're not cast down, cast down, but not destroyed. And sometimes, you know, we fall. Sometimes it looks like, you know, we've been thrown against the ground. Have you ever felt like you've just fallen and you can't get up? Well, that's what he's saying here. But he says, but you're not destroyed. That means, to me, that means if you're laid out, if it feels like the enemy has crushed you and the enemy is coming against you, he just takes out that hand and says, get up. You're not destroyed. He can't have you. You belong to me. I know how to get you out of that. He brings you right back up. He puts you right back into that place. That means you're a wise servant. That means you're trusting God. You're not leaning to your own understanding, but you're acknowledging him in all your ways, and you know that he is going to bring you through. Amen? Amen. So then he says, Verse 10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that life, the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. So he's saying when you feel like, you know, that death is all around you, and it doesn't have to be physical death. It can be emotional death. It can be physical problems in your body. You know, things that are, you are go, walking through and you are going through. But he says, but there's life in Jesus. There's life in truth. There's life in the word. And you know that when we take hold of the word of God and we believe what God is saying, what does that do to your soul? It energizes. It, it strengthens. It brings life to you. It gives you life. It makes you be able to get up off your feet. It helps you to be able to move and to go forward and to be in those places that God wants you to be in. It's the life of God when we believe the word of God above every situation and every circumstance that brings you out. And we as believers have to come into that place that we believe the word is greater than any obstacle. The word is greater than anything that is coming against you, I'm, I know that in this hour, God wants to move so mightily on his people, and he wants to bring them into the places that the enemy has fought against bringing his people into. But there's something that is working in the realm of the spirit that is going to energize God's people and bring them to the place that they're going to see the hand of God in such a great and mighty and awesome way. 
Amen. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it's our due season. It's a season of the glory and the presence of God moving in his people and raising them up and bringing them out of, their, out of those situations and those circumstances. We are not going to be one that give in to pressure. We are going to be in that place that we believe God all the way through. And so I'm going to share a couple of things. Um, I called or I texted Patricia yesterday and I said, hey, let's pray this morning. Um, she's my prayer partner and uh, I know when Patricia gets up, the devil runs. But I know when Patricia and I move together, he has no sanity left. He is sent on the run. So I just want to tell some of you right now, you have been prayed, every, in fact, every one of you have been prayed for today. Amen. I'm just telling you, it was kind of neat going to the throne room of God and hearing some secrets about some of you. I'm just telling you, God's hand's on your life. Amen. And there are some things that we pressed into today. And we called your names. I'm just telling you, we called your name. We called your name out. And then God began to surround you with prayer. Just telling you. Your, your businesses were prayed over. I'm telling you. There were things prayed about you all today. Heaven was calling your name. So when I called her this morning and I, we started talking, and I said, I really want to pray over the finances of the body. I said, it's really on my heart to pray over their finances, over the church finances, who is the church. So I felt really strong to, to, in my heart that that's what we were to pray. Well, Patricia already had out what Terry Harris, Tracy Harris said to us last April about the breaking forth in the financial realm. And when she said that, it automatically had a vision. And in that vision, I am not a history buff, but you would have thought so this morning. I saw D-Day. Now, I wasn't even alive. I know y'all think I might have been, but I was not alive during D-Day. But I was there this morning, and I saw the line. And I saw this line out there, and I went, Patricia, it's D-Day, and on this side, I could see the enemy forces. They had drawn the line, and they were basically on D-Day telling the allied forces they're not going to go any further. That line was drawn. They had driven a line, and one of the lines that they had driven was on, on the beaches of Normandy. I was thinking, wow, I can't believe I know that. <laughs> I impressed myself. <laughs> Especially afterwards, I went and I read about it, and I went, oh, that was right. That's what I saw. That's what I heard. That's when I knew I was in the Spirit. I had to be in the Spirit to know what God was talking about. And so I said, you know, we've got to cross that line, and we're going to go ahead of the people as we pray for them and pray over their finances. We are going ahead, and we're going to break that barrier and be a breaking the breaking force that Tracy Harris spoke over this house 
back in April. So I'm just telling y'all got some financial breakthroughs coming your way. I'm telling you, I just want you to know, and I'm, I'm not bragging on anything, but we spent one solid hour praying over just that. That's how valuable you are in the kingdom of God. Amen. Praying over you, interceding over you, calling your names out before the Lord, speaking those things that God was saying. And so, you know, we attacked, and that's what God was saying to us, attack. We cannot draw back when the pressure's on. When the financial pressure is on, we are not drawn back. When the finances are saying contrary to what God says, then we press. That means we press in. And I'm telling you, as a force of righteousness, Patricia and I pressed in for you. Pressed in for us, pressed in for the church, pressed in for this body, called your names. We pressed in the spirit for one solid hour. And we don't have conversation when we're praying. We go in to do business. We go in to change the atmosphere. We go in to make a difference. That was our purpose. And then after that hour, the Lord started speaking. And uh, I want to tell you what he said. It was very simple, very plain, but very profound. I've never heard this before. Never heard anybody say it before. But he said, the throne room has spoken. And I went, the throne room has spoken. That meant, I have, we, we prayed that. God kept, how many times did he say that? He kept saying, the throne room has spoken. Usually you hear the Holy Ghost said, or God said, but this morning he said, the throne room has spoken. And he, the impression that he was speaking was, it was strong. It was like when the children of Israel were on Mount Sinai and they did not want to hear him speak. And because of the thunders and the lightning, because the voice of God, they didn't want to hear the voice of God. And I, I was just in on meditating on this when he was speaking that the throne room has spoken. That means he has spoken over this house. God himself, the throne room. He didn't even say God himself. He said that he kept saying the throne room has spoken over your lives. The throne room of God has already given us the end results. The throne room of God, and he's just basically saying, don't be like the children of Israel that when the thunder and lightnings were going on and God himself was speaking, don't be those that draw back. Don't step back from that. Don't move off of that. The throne room is speaking. That means heaven has spoken his plan for this house and for our lives. That's what he was saying. And again, I have never heard that. I'm not saying somebody else hadn't said that. I'm just saying for me 
And for Patricia, we hadn't heard it like that. And that meant, he meant business. And it meant, don't you doubt in your heart. That's what it meant when he said, the throne room is speaking. Don't doubt in your heart that he knows how to do and get done what needs to be done in this hour. And don't look at the circumstances or the situations that are speaking to your life. Those things that I said that are putting pressure on you to get you into that place that you want to draw back, that you want to step back. Should I even believe God for this? And God is saying, I've spoken. The throne room has spoken the answer already. The throne room, that means all authority. Heaven has spoken. He is backing his word. And we're not to doubt it. I don't care what it looks like. That's the place we have to be in. That we don't care what it looks like. We don't care what our body says. We don't care what our finances say. And we all have opportunities. Anybody else have an opportunity to look at finances? Anybody? So the choice and the decision is do you believe the throne room has spoken? Do you believe what Brother Jerry said right here? Right here. When he said, the faithful shall abound with blessings. Is that not what he said? Do we believe he's a prophet of God? Do we believe he speaks what the Lord says? That means the throne room has spoken. That means God himself has spoken and told us where to put our faith. And what to believe over our physical body, over our finances, over our families. It's touching every arena of our lives. So we have to rise up and know the throne room of God has spoken. And those that took it, and we know this, Joshua and Caleb heard from the throne of God. They heard the throne room, and in all opposition, everything contrary to what God was saying, they made a decision to be wise. They made a decision that no matter what the obstacles are, we're not being moved. That's a decision. They made it. And then you've got two families and the rest of the camp in denial that the throne room had spoken. That's that's hard opposition. And you think about it today. You think about the opposition that is against us. Because right now, and it in areas, it's not going to get any better where the enemy is concerned. Because he knows that his end is near. And he's going to fight. He's going to fight 
this sea that we draw back. And he'll put pressure on us, but we put the pressure back. That's the war. We stand in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church. We stand with Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. And we stand in that place until we see the salvation of the Lord. It doesn't matter how many fall away. You have to make a decision. I'm not one of those that fall away. What is, what is Hebrews 10? Let's look at Hebrews 10. Because we're not of those. We, we, we don't draw back. No matter what. That's what Paul was saying. When it was. When he was in the ships. And they were sinking. When he was being whipped on his back. He said I'm not drawing back. I'm not going to stop obeying God and preaching the gospel. In verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence. Why? Which has great recompense of reward. So what is he saying to you? Don't cast away the truth. Don't cast away your decrees. Don't cast away what God's word says. Don't back off. When the pressure's on, get it out of your mouth that the word of God is true and I'm not drawing back. I am not of those that draw back. There is a great recompense of a reward when we stand and we see. What was the reward? What did Joshua, did Joshua and Caleb and their families receive a great reward? Caleb went in there and he took a mountain at 85 years old. He took a mountain and he didn't back down. He said, give me. He didn't stand there and say, well, could I maybe have it? He said, no, give me that mountain and I don't care what enemies on it. I don't care what it looks like. That is my mountain. I'm going after it. I'm going to take it and I'm going to see God's promise come to pass. We're warriors. We're clothed in armor that can stand and withstand anything the enemy brings at us. That's what God was saying. The throne room has spoken. The throne room spoke to all of the tribes of Israel and said, hey, there's a good land. Go in and possess it. Go take it. But they ignored it. There was a great reward for Joshua, Caleb, and his families. So it says... I encourage you, there is a great reward when you stand. Don't compromise. Don't draw back. For you have need of patience or endurance. Joshua and Caleb had need of endurance. They endured 40 years, and they didn't change. They stayed steadfast on what God said that after you have done the will of God, 
you might receive the promise. So you're doing the will of God. You're going to see the promise. It, it, you have to endure. There are times you do have to endure. There is an endurance. But in that endurance, if you will stay on what God has said and stay in that place, you will receive. That's a promise right there. The promise, he's telling you, you will receive the promise. What promise? What has he said to you? We're in endurance right now where this church is concerned. We're in that place. But we're going to endure and we're going to see the promise of God. So we took that enemy's line today. I'm just encouraging you all tonight. I know I get intense when I preach sometimes. But my heart is for you to hear the throne speaking to you and encouraging you tonight, giving you the strength to go forward, giving you the strength to endure, giving you the strength to believe God for his promises, giving you what you need in this hour. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, when I heard, and I know it was my voice, but it was the voice of the Lord when he said, the throne room has spoken, it impacted me. It brought an impact into me. Did it bring an impact into you, Patricia? It impacted us. I want it to impact you. You to understand that God has spoken. Spoken over you. That word Jerry, Brother Jerry gave us and, and Tracy Harris backing it up shortly after that. It was for you. It was for us. It's for the body. He said, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. That's not a choice. Well, it is a choice. You can choose not to live by faith, but you would be rather dumb. So he says the just shall live by faith. That means faith in what God, faith in his word, faith in what God is saying. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I do not want to draw back and that the Lord not be pleased. That's what he's saying. When we draw back from the promises of God, when we don't believe what God is saying, what God is speaking to us, and we begin to draw back, it does not please the Lord. And that's why when we read earlier, it may be, you know, something you're going through, but God, he'll not forsake you, but God will be there. God will bring you through. That's what Paul was saying when he was talking about the things that he went through. God brought him through every time. And, I'm, you know, pastor said at the beginning of the service, you know, the Lord encouraged us right then that God's got things for us. But we have to believe that. We have to believe when the throne room of God speaks that he means business. And we're such in a world 
around us where lies and deception and deceit and people wanting their own way and people, you know, get it any way they can. But that's not our God. That's not our Father. Our Father is a God that does not lie, that he tells the truth. And no matter what goes on, the only thing he wants you to do is trust him. You can't figure out why things happen. You don't always understand why you walk through something. But he just says, trust me. Just trust me. It's all he's asking. Not even asking you to be a superhero. Not asking you to, you know, leap through a troop or I know the word says we can do that, but he's not asking. He's just asking you, just trust me in what I said. That's really what he's saying. Just trust me in what I said. Don't try to figure it out. Those people had no idea when they finally went on the other side, crossed over the Jordan. They had no idea that the walls of Jericho would fall down. By simply trusting God and obeying him and walking around the walls. In your natural mind, you could have never figured that out. You could have come up with 10 zillion plans, but you would have never come up with, if we just walk around in circles, the walls will come down. That was God. The uniqueness of how God operates. That's simply what he's telling us. Just trust me. Your plans usually don't work. And if your plans do work, then you've got to maintain them. So we might as well just trust the Lord. Amen? Simply by putting our trust, changing our thinking, not allowing the pressure of life to take you down. The throne room of God has spoken to the people of this house. And he made it clear. And he said it more than once in case we didn't get it the first time. He's so for us. He's so for the victory. So I just wanted you to know tonight that you all are so covered in prayer. That God is so working for you. That God is doing things right now that are unseeable. But you will see them. If you stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm just telling you, like Brother Jerry said that day, your greatest days are ahead of you. They are not behind you. And I don't care what the victories look like behind you. And some of them are really good. But there's nothing compared to what we're going to see God do in this hour. And see how he moves in our lives. I'm just telling you, your greatest days are ahead. 
And you're going to see finances. You're going to see some miracles and healing. You're going to see it. Things that you've struggled in your body, they're going to change. We're entering in days. We're in battle. I'm not kidding you. We're in battle and the pressure will be there. But we've been learning how to stand under pressure. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.